We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. For boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W-H-N-N-Bet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. What's going on, all you beautiful listeners of the Big Blue Banter podcast? Nick Filato here to bring you guys a solo pod. Unfortunately, Dan could not join us for this breakdown of the 2022 NFL Combine defensive prospects. The last time it's going to be held in Indianapolis, which is unfortunate. But Dan will be back soon and we'll kick off those draft profile pieces that we're really excited to tackle. It's going to be a lot of fun and just Before we start going over some of these prospects, let's remember that the combine's a little weird with how they designate players per position. There is no edge position, so some of the edges are going to be with the linebackers like Boye Mafe from Minnesota, Drake Jackson from USC, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. They're all with the linebackers. Most of the other edges are with the defensive line group, but just for organizational purposes, I thought I should mention that. So let's start with the defensive lineman. And the first guy I want to go over is George's Devontae Wyatt. Now, he's not even the first, second, or maybe even third player that comes to your mind when you think of George's defense. He was playing around Big Jordan Davis. Trayvon Walker had N'Kobe Dean, Channing Tindall, and Quay Walker behind him at linebacker. Lewis Sign as his safety. And then DeAndre Kendrick, who transferred from Clemson to Georgia last season at cornerback and that's not even mentioning Jalen Carter who isn't in this draft who could be the first player selected if he were in this draft out of all of these amazing Georgia prospects but Wyatt was here this guy ranked fifth on Bruce Feldman's freak list heading into the season and we got to see glimpses of that at the senior bowl he has an insane get off plays with really good leverage has powerful hands to pop can string some pass rushing moves together and he also has some lower body flexibility for somebody who showed up to the senior bowl at six foot three, 307 pounds. You go to his tape and he's flashing with that upfield burst when he was asked to do so at Georgia. He wasn't the primary focal point on the Georgia defense. They had a pretty heavy rotation because of all the talent they had. He's never played over 500 snaps 
at the collegiate level. He had 26 pressures this past year, four sacks, 17 hurries. And then you see him down at the Senior Bowl really using that quick first step to put interior offensive linemen in a bind. He did that constantly in the one-on-ones and then flashed in the team drills as well. So Devontae Wyatt is somebody that I think will go to the combine and then test pretty well and put himself in that same echelon as Jordan Davis, which a lot of people have Wyatt ranked over Jordan Davis right now. And we'll talk about Jordan Davis in a little bit, but I want to get into somebody else who was down at the Senior Bowl, another defensive lineman, and that is Perrion Winfrey out of Oklahoma. Now, Perrion Winfrey was, I don't want to say misused in college because he plays in the Big 12. It's all about speed. But Winfrey was playing nose a lot. He was also in a rotation to not play 500 snaps. They have a lot of talent there with the Sooners, but he wasn't always flashing. Like He started the season very hot, getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and then it kind of tailed off in the middle of the year until that Iowa State game where he played pretty well, had five pressures in that game, sacked Brock Purdy in that game, and then it kind of tailed off, and you know, he's like a day three pick. He shows up to the Senior Bowl and absolutely dominates the practices as one of the more impressive players down there, wins the Senior Bowl MVP. You know, the Giants might look to draft him just because of that. And he comes in at six foot three, 303 pounds with 35 and a half inch arms. That is so much length right there. An 85 and five eighths inch wingspan. Like teams are going to look at that. They're going to look at his quickness off the snap. They're going to look at his first step and they're going to say, you know what? The Oklahoma film, it was a little inconsistent, but this guy, if he tests incredibly well at the combine, which he should, he has the athletic profile too. He has the athletic ability to that I think he can really kind of put himself in that day two range, like second round range, which is kind of a jump for somebody who didn't have the most consistent tape. He's one of these high risers through the offseason so far, had a great senior bowl. There are plenty of defensive linemen that had a great senior bowl. None probably as good other than maybe UConn's Travis Jones. Then Perry on Winfrey. Both Winfrey and Wyatt made money during the senior bowl. I think Wyatt has a chance to go in the first round. Ultimately, he probably won't. And then Winfrey should be somewhere on day two. And then you have Haskell Garrett. He's more than likely going to be a day three pick. But I think he has to have a good combine, and he's set up to have a good combine. Because he came into the Senior Bowl at six foot one, 298 pounds. He plays with really good leverage. He's quick off the snap, similar to Winfrey, similar to Wyatt. But he's relentless in pursuit, man. This guy is very, very tough, and so is Wyatt and Winfrey. But when you watch Ohio State's defense, you see this guy tracking ball carriers down from the backside. He has pretty good foot speed, to be honest, for somebody who's pushing 300 pounds. But that lack of size, it gives him leverage. But at the same time, 298 pounds, you get a double team block on you, you're probably getting bullied off the ball. And you're probably going to struggle to separate from some of the better offensive linemen in the league. So I'm hoping Haskell Garrett shows up to the combine and shows that he is as good of an athlete as he looks at times on tape. He had a solid senior bowl. It wasn't as dominant as Wyatt or Winfrey. And I also want to bring up Jordan Davis. Now, Jordan Davis is just a monster of a man. This guy is six foot six, incredibly long. He's listed at 340 pounds. You kidding me? That dude looks like he's probably like 365. 340 pounds, that's what Dexter Lawrence is. Jordan Davis, I think, would tower Dexter Lawrence and make him look small. And I'm interested in Jordan Davis because, yes, he's not the best athlete out there, but for a man of his size, he's pretty freaking quick off the snap. And I don't think he's just going to be a nose tackle who eats blocks. I think he can penetrate. And I think if he comes to the combine and shows a even a five, an early five type of 40-yard dash, I think teams are going to be like, dude, that is insane that somebody that size can move like that with a 10-yard split that is also pretty solid. 
And then you got to run them through the flexibility drills in terms of the on-field drills, the figure eight and all that kind of stuff. Jordan Davis, he, he could be selected in the first round. Now, I think ultimately he might fall out of it, but there are teams like the Chargers that I look at that really need run defense. And it's not just drafting a, a you know, two down run stuffer. Like having a guy like Jordan Davis allows you to do so many things on the back end when you utilize tight fronts. Not to mention he's going to command double teams on almost every play, which is going to create one-on-ones for his teammates. So it might not always be statistically quantifiable, and he may not be Aaron Donald as an interior pass rusher, but he has some quickness off the snap, and I don't want to underrate that for somebody of his mammoth size. And him on the bag drills too, man, with those heavy-ass hands, it's going to be fun to watch. Another player I want to bring up, and this guy is somewhat of a tweener. He's listed in the defensive line. He lined up at one technique, three technique, five technique, linebacker, outside linebacker, all over the Nittany Lions defense. That is Jesse Lucetta from Penn State. So Lucetta, to me, when I watched him when I was studying Brandon Smith and Jaquan Brisker and a bunch of those Penn State guys, I wasn't overly impressed and I didn't know exactly where he would fit. And then I saw him down at the Senior Bowl and some of the movements that he had down there, just in one-on-ones when my attention was fully paid to him. And I was like, man, this guy has more athletic ability than I originally thought. And that made me really intrigued as to what he's going to do here in Indianapolis. Because this guy, he was exploding off of either foot, and he was getting a lot of distance off of that first step that he would take, putting linemen into these really disadvantageous situations. He measured at 6'2", 261 pounds with 33-inch arms at the Senior Bowl. So I'm intrigued just to see what this individual does at the Combine. Other players that I think we should just, you know, touch on, even though Everybody talks about these guys a lot, Aiden Hutchinson and then Kayvon Thibodeau. Hutchinson from Michigan, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Now, both of these players are possibilities for the Giants. I think Hutchinson's going to be gone at two if he is not selected at one. Kayvon Thibodeau is a realistic possibility for the New York Giants. I don't know if they would go edge, but if he's there, he's definitely in the conversation. And I mean that just for that first pick because the Giants need a lot of other things on the back end of their defense if James Bradbury is cut, and they also need, obviously, offensive line help, and there's realistic offensive line help that could still be available at that time in Akimi Kwanu from North Carolina State or Alabama's Evan Neal. But still a lot to play out there. If Kayvon Thibodeau is around, you definitely got to entertain it. You have to suss out all of the reports that you're hearing from like Todd McShay and a lot of people around the league that he's going to fall. Why is that? Is there something wrong with his character? Is there something wrong with his work ethic? I don't think Joe Shane is going to be the type of general manager to select somebody with those types of concerns. So all of that needs to be addressed. I can't really weigh in on that. In the end of the day, in terms of the combine, I'm really interested to see what both of those players do in those positional drills as well to figure out how fluid do they look. I think Thibodeau is probably going to go down there and just absolutely remind people why he was in the conversation to be the consensus number one pick just a few short months ago. I think he's going to look fantastic. I think Hutchinson's going to test very well too, so that's not a shock. Everybody is talking about them as consensus top 10 picks. One more defensive lineman I actually want to bring up before we transition to the edge group, and that is Travis Jones, just because he was such a beast at the Senior Bowl, and I didn't really know anything about him, man. I mean, this is somebody else who was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. That is a very valuable list, Bruce Feldman. I think I said this on the last podcast. Works for The Athletic. He assembles a list of about 100 players who are the freakiest athletic people going into the 
subsequent season. And he had Travis Jones on this list. He had Travis Jones at 13. He had Devontae Wyatt at 5. And you're talking about just insane athletes. Aiden Hutchinson was at 2. Kyle Hamilton was at 3. Evan Neal was actually number 1 overall. I think you look at Travis Jones, he could show up. And this dude is just a, a massive individual. He could be somebody who runs pretty fast and does really well in the 10-yard splits and in the short shuttle and all this stuff at six foot four, 326 pounds with that tape that he had at UConn. And yes, it was UConn, but then he goes down to the senior bowl and he's unblockable down there, just giving absolute fits to Zion Johnson. And Zion Johnson got him on a couple reps, but man, Travis Jones was a load to block. This guy can be a nose. This guy has the penetration skills to be a one shade who wants to penetrate in one of those attacking type of fronts. You can put him at three technique on some different occasions, even though you know, you might want somebody a little bit smaller since he has a kind of a high pad level, but he plays with solid leverage for somebody who's a little bit bigger. 34-inch arms, 82 and 3-fourth-inch wingspan, huge mittens for hands. Are those fake hands? No. What are those fake hands? Travis Jones, I want to see how he tests athletically because he's checked every single box since the offseason started. Saw him at the senior bowl. I was like, wow, that guy's good. Let me go check out his film. I was like, wow, this guy's dominant. He's destroying double teams. Now, if he goes to the combine and destroys that, you're talking about somebody you know, and I think he was already now after the senior bowl talked about as a day two pick. He's probably going to be in that area for teams that don't draft Jordan Davis. They're probably going to be like, well, Travis Jones is a great consolation, quote unquote, prize. So I want to see how he performs in Indianapolis. All right, let's transition a little bit to the edges. First edge that came to my mind when talking about dudes who are just going to blow the roof off of Lucas Oil Stadium is George's Trayvon Walker. Mentioned him a little bit before. But this guy is six foot five, 270 pounds, so long, so powerful, and he just has some insane plays on tape. Now, he's raw right now from a technique standpoint. I don't feel like he really has a pass rushing plan, doesn't necessarily know what he's doing with his hands all the time, but he has so much potential, and teams are going to fall in love with somebody with his size and athletic ability, and I think it's going to be on display in Indianapolis. I mean, there was a play in the Orange Bowl where Michigan ran a pistol tackle center counter on the backside, and the end man on the line of scrimmage was Drayvon Walker. And it was that poor center's job to kick Walker out and open up the alley, but Walker completely jolted that dude backwards to separate, just shoved him to the side, positioning himself right in the running back's path. It was just freaky stuff, blew up the play. There was another play that comes to my mind against Missouri where he just straight bull rushed through a guard's face. He just ran right through this dude, and this dude literally backed up, backed up, backed up, ice skates, fall down. Totally uncoordinated looking. I looked to see if maybe he tripped over somebody. He could have, possibly. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But either way, he was getting bullied right back into the pocket. And Walker just sprung at the quarterback to get the sack. And you're just like, dude, that guy is long. He is so explosive. And that raw power is something that Coaches like Bill Belichick are going to look like and be like, I need that guy on my team. I can see him being a New York Giant, to be honest, but he's going to be a first-round pick, and I don't think the Giants are going to allocate that towards the edge position, but I think he would fit with what Wink Martindale wants. I think he would fit with what a lot of people want because he is somewhat versatile. Is he an even front end? Can he play odd front end? Can he drop him into space? I know he had 26 reps for Georgia's defense dropping into coverage. Is that enough for him to fulfill a 3-4 outside linebacker role, one of those big 3-4 outside linebackers like the Packers have with Zadarius and Preston Smith up in Green Bay? 
There's just a lot you can do with this guy, and I think he's going to test phenomenally, and he is a name a lot of people need to know. This past year, he had 34 pressures, 5 sacks. He played 596 snaps on Georgia's defense. It was his only significant snap share in terms of starting in his career, but he is just an absolute maniac. Another maniac, somebody who's not necessarily powerful, but is one of the most explosive and bendy individuals in the draft is Michigan's David Ajabo. He's being talked about in the first round right now, and I get why. I think he's another one who's just going to absolutely blow everybody out of the water in Indianapolis because he is super explosive. He is super quick. I think he's going to kill the vertical and the broad jump. And you just watch him in some of these positional drills, running the figure eight and how quick he's going to go through the the bag drill where you slap his hands, he dips around. The amount of fluidity he's going to show in that and the amount of flexibility he's going to show in those drills along with the excellent athletic testing, I think it's really just going to stand out. And those bag drills are going to be so fun for the defensive linemen too. Even Travis Jones and guys like that, they're going to nail those bags. I would not want that job. But in terms of Ojabo, I wouldn't want Ojabo at five or seven. I would take Ojabo or consider Ojabo with a trade down. I just think there's going to be a lot of other players that would be available at five and seven that can make more of an impact on your team immediately. And that's no slight on Ojabo. I think he is incredibly explosive. He benefited from having Aiden Hutchinson on the other side. Yes, didn't see the double teams. But I think he's a very versatile player. I just wish he was a little bit stronger against the run. And that is something that does matter in the NFL. You can't put him out there and have him be a liability. And we saw that even at the collegiate level when Michigan was playing Georgia and he was getting subbed out because he couldn't defend the run. And that's a concern at the NFL level that must be accounted for. Transitioning to other edge rushers I like, I think Oklahoma's Nick Benito. Another guy who's going to be a little bit undersized, he's 6'3", 240 pounds, but he flies around the field delivering really punishing hits at 52 pressures and 8 sacks the last season. In 2020, he had 49 pressures and 8 sacks, so he just flies around excellent on the blitz. He's only about 240 pounds, or at least that's what PFF has him listed as. I think he's somebody who's going to really show up similar to David Ajabo and blow everybody away with pure athletic ability. I'm hoping he's a little bit heavier than 240 pounds and he shows the strength that you need which is a little bit difficult to glean at the combine there are certain drills and maybe the coaches can kind of get a feel for how they are how sturdy they are but in terms of the bench press it's very overrated when you think about judging someone's functional strength on the football field but nevertheless this is somebody that I'm interested in just because of the pure athletic ability I believe he's going to display and the athletic ability that he also showed on his tape D'Angelo Malone Western Kentucky another guy on Bruce Feldman's freak list. This is somebody who is very productive at a smaller level of competition, but he had 38 pressures last year in seven sacks. The year before, he had 36 pressures in six sacks. The year before that, in 2019, before the pandemic, he had 52 pressures in 14 sacks, 31 and eight sacks in 2018. And then in 2017, he had 23 pressures and two sacks. He's one of the most productive players in college football history in terms of the accumulated stats because he exercised that COVID fifth year option and had that extra year. And he showed up to the senior bowl and he looked explosive. He really did. I liked what I saw from D'Angelo Malone, six foot three, 234 pounds, which is something you're not necessarily going to love. 33 inch arms, which is solid. It's, it's not elite. It's not, you know, Perry on Winfrey stuff, even though he's a defensive lineman, but it's a solid length. And I think the overall just burst that he has an ability to get up the pass rushing arc and win through the outside shoulder of offensive tackles is something that interests me. I like the fact that he was productive. I like the fact that he showed that he could hold his own at the senior bowl. And I also 
also think he's just going to be an absolute monster. Before we continue, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at Blue Wire. What's going on, everyone? Football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Giants tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as you go to find NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge. Aren't those terrible? Which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's a pretty good deal. If you just want to go check out the Giants, you know, pregame, hopefully they win a football game, then Please head on over to TickPick.com today to save $10 on your first order of Giants tickets. That's TickPick.com. Check it out, everyone. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. at the combine. Sam Williams is another one from Ole Miss that I really think can do some work at the combine. My first exposure to Sam Williams tape was watching Charles Cross, a first round tackle prospect out of Mississippi State. And I got to say, man, Sam Williams was giving him the business the entire time. Sam Williams had nine pressures, two sacks. Now, not all of that came against Charles Cross, but he was hitting him with speed to power moves. He was showing a lot of speed off the ball. He was throwing an array of pass rushing moves, really getting Cross's feet tangled up in the sense that he would sell power and get Cross to kind of sit back on his hips anticipating that he was about to get bull rush and then just attack the outside shoulder. And the short area quickness was really, really impressive. I think Sam Williams deceptively could be somebody who's going to perform well up there in Indianapolis. And I loved that tape against Mississippi State. Now, I haven't dove into much more of Sam Williams quite yet, but just from that tape, one of his better games in his college career, I'll acknowledge that, but you can just see a lot of transferable NFL traits. And if you actually measures in at 6'4", 265 pounds, like pro football focus claims. That is an excellent size and athletic profile. I think he could be a very interesting name, so please monitor him as well. Then you have Majai Sanders from Cincinnati. Dude has excellent straight line burst. He should run fast in the 40-yard dash. Good edge rusher, very productive at the collegiate level. He was I don't want to say misused in college, but he played a lot of like four-eye where he was in a frog stance, not necessarily something that's going to accentuate his ability to bend around the edge. So I think there are legitimate questions about his flexibility at the top of the arc. It's not something he's consistently shown on film. So I think the figure eight drill is going to 
be a a testing point for him where you can see how flexible he is in his lower half in his hips in his knees in his ankles can he bend through those tight quarters can he do all those things because this is somebody who was uber productive he had 62 pressures last year and five sacks so I'm certainly interested to see how Majai Sanders tests at the combine another player I'm very interested in is George Karloftis now a lot of people mock George Karloftis to the Giants you see him kind of sliding down boards now I'm interested to see how long he is and I want to see how athletic he is because there are reports that he's going to blow the doors off the combine. And I'm not 100% certain if that's going to happen. I haven't done an evaluation of Carl Loftus yet. I've just seen Twitter clips and the Purdue that I have watched uh, on Saturdays. And I've seen some things on YouTube about him, but I want to get the All-22 into a full evaluation. So I'm intrigued to see what exactly happens with him. Another player I want to kind of touch on before we transition to the more pure linebackers, I guess, or whoever falls into that linebacker category is Alex Wright, an edge from the University of Alabama at Birmingham, UAB, the Blazers. This is somebody who is six foot seven, 270 pounds, gigantic, and he was uber productive down there at UAB. He had 51 pressures, he had five sacks, and he's one of those pure, I'm just going to go forward, I'm not going to drop into coverage, probably an even front type of end, you can kick him inside, maybe he could play five tech in an odd front depending on how he can hold up at the point of attack. I just want to see how he tests because I've heard that he's going to be a really good tester down there. And if he runs really fast and shows incredible coordination, and he's very balanced in a lot of his drills at that height and weight. This is somebody who's going to go from being a late day three pick and skyrocket up boards. He was uber productive at a smaller level of competition. Let's see how he tests when all eyeballs are on him. There are three edge rushers listed as linebackers who should also blow up the combine. That is Florida State's Jermaine Johnson III, Minnesota's Boye Mafe, who was on Bruce Feldman's freak list, and USC's Drake Jackson. I think all three of these guys are going to make even more money for themselves at the combine. Jermaine Johnson had one of the best senior bowls. He went from being a late first-round pick to a possible top 10 pick. Johnson was a JUCO transfer into Georgia before ultimately transferring out of Georgia to Florida State before the 2021 season. Had that famous three-play sequence at the end of the first practice against Darian Kennard, where on the first rep, he long-armed 346-pound Darian Kennard to the ground. Boye Mafe had a great week as well. Very, very fluid explosive pass rusher off the snap who might jump over 40 inches in the vertical which is absolutely ridiculous and then there's Drake Jackson and when I was evaluating Kellen Deesh and Donovan West their Arizona State offensive lineman I came across this rep from Drake Jackson this ghost technique that Von Miller made famous that he put on this Sun Devils right tackle I mean dude he nailed the quarterback Didn't get the sack, but it was one of the smoothest pass rushing moves I've ever seen. It was so quick. The timing was excellent. It was set up so well with an inside jab where he reduced the surface area of his chest. And by the time the offensive tackle punched, he barely made contact with Jackson's jersey. And the aiming point was Jackson's chest. It was just freaky type of stuff. That tackle just completely got fooled. I think Drake Jackson is in for a good week in Indianapolis. So some of these linebackers. Now, Devin Lloyd and N'Kobe Dean. Devin Lloyd from Utah, N'Kobe Dean from Georgia. These two are probably going to be first-round picks. I think Devin Lloyd's going to test very well. N'Kobe Dean, I'm a little worried about how he's going to measure. He's 
probably going to be hovering around six foot. I think if he's over six foot, that's going to be good for him. But if he's in that 5'11 range, I mean, even like an eighth of an inch for whatever reason is a big deal in terms of 5'11 and seventh eighth and six foot. So the size might hurt him a little bit. And I don't think he's going to test as high as some of the recent linebackers has. I think it'll be solid, but it probably won't be as good as the Devin Whites of the world. Either way, he's more than likely going to be a first round pick. But to get into my potential winners that aren't obvious first round guys, I think Damone Clark out of LSU is going to have an amazing week. He was another Another player on Bruce Feldman's freak list. He had an amazing 2021 season, earned the number 18 jersey that's very coveted down there in LSU, and was all over the field, used as a blitzer, was incredibly effective there, showed excellent angles and pursuit, was good in coverage, had over 345 snaps in coverage, performing pretty well, only allowing a 68.8 reception percentage, which doesn't seem all that well, but you got to remember, he's covering in the short, possibly the intermediate parts of the field. So there's a lot of just quick dump-offs that count against him. When you watch Damone Clark's film, and I watch a lot of LSU football, I haven't done an evaluation on him yet, but I saw he could carry wheel routes up the field. He can carry tight ends up this seam. He has all the athletic ability you want, and he looks the part. He's six two, 240 pounds with 32 and 7 eighth inch arms. Flies around the field. From a processing standpoint, I didn't feel like he was lost like Patrick Queen typically was in college. I felt like he was a little bit more advanced than he was. So I think Damone Clark in round two on day two somewhere is a solid addition and somebody the Giants could realistically look into because they're looking for a longer big body type of linebacker who can cover, who will affect the run, who can play man, who can blitz, who has pursuit, who has really explosive first couple of steps, the short area quickness, the ability to close with. Damone Clark has all of those things. So I think Clark could be a day two option for the New York Giants. Troy Anderson, this kid out of Montana State, look, he's unique. This is somebody who played running back and quarterback at Montana State and like broke records for Montana State there, just doing absolutely ridiculous things in terms of rushing touchdowns as a quarterback, also being a running back. I've heard teams view him as a possible Taysom Hill type of player, but he went down to the Senior Bowl And he was very impressive in terms of his coverage ability and all the things a linebacker can show at the Senior Bowl. And I've said this before, the Senior Bowl doesn't do the best job showcasing a linebacker's skill set all the time other than the game itself. What you can take away is an overall athletic profile, how fluid are they in space, can they last in one-on-ones that are really set up for them to fail against tight ends and as a blitzer against running backs. And Troy Anderson passed all of those tests. He's six foot three, 242 pounds, has a 77 and 5 eighth inch wingspan, 32 and 1 fourth inch arm length. And I look at Troy Anderson and I'm like, this is somebody who could be a day two pick coming out of Montana State. And if he doesn't and falls to day three and people don't view him as a linebacker, although I think they will, there could be teams that might look to use him in this creative offensive role because he could do so many different things and he could throw the football reportedly. Now, I haven't seen a lot of tape of him throwing football just because I don't have access to Montana State tape, but if he was a quarterback that was productive, I would imagine he could throw the damn football. So a very, very versatile type of player in Troy Anderson who is reportedly going to test well in Indianapolis. So I want to pay attention to him. And then the two Georgia linebackers that are not N'Kobe Dean, Quay Walker and Channing Tindall. 
Quay Walker, I, I've tweeted about him. This dude is, he backed out of the Senior Bowl because of a, a injury that is now okay. Right now is nothing serious. But Quay Walker is a six foot four, 240-pound linebacker with excellent speed, good diagnosing ability. He's a little bit raw. He only has one year as a starter because George's debt is absolutely ridiculous. But he looked good in that year, man. 25 pressures, two sacks, 32 stops, 52 tackles. And that's according to Pro Football Focus. You go to Pro Football Reference, they're going to have a lot more tackles than just 52. And he was all over the football field, sideline to sideline range, excellent foot speed, very, very physical demeanor. And I think Quay Walker could be a riser through this draft process if he shows up to Mobile and and just absolutely does well in a lot of the drills, which he's fully capable of from everything that I've seen. We have seen late rising linebackers in the past because of excellent combines who are a little bit raw. And I think Quay Walker could be the version of that this year, but we'll see how he performs at Lucas Oil Stadium. And then his teammate, Channing Tindall, he measured in at the Senior Bowl, six foot one, 223 pounds. This is somebody who has never started a college football game. But when he was asked to step up, he played a nice compliment of snaps. He would step up. He would do his job. He was very, very aggressive on the blitz. Had 26 pressures from the linebacker position. Played 474 snaps. Was a sure tackling machine. I have some notes from my evaluation of him. Channing Tindall is an incredibly athletic linebacker who plays with elite competitive toughness and physicality. He lacks experience, is a bit raw, and needs coaching on the finer points of being a linebacker. Run recognition, block deconstruction, etc. But the versatility he offers can Bind with his rare athletic traits will get him drafted in the top 100. Tyndall is a great fit for Wink Martindale's scheme. The Giants should be interested in the skills he brings to the table. And when you look at his size, I mean, it's not huge. It's not Quay Walker, but in the modern NFL that's predicated on speed, athletic ability, and not getting outpaced, Tyndall fits that. Now, a lot of people are going to have reservations about his lack of experience as a starter. I understand that, but he could have transferred to any school and been an immediate starter. It was not an indictment on him. It was just that Georgia had a wealth of talent all over their defense. So Tyndall is an interesting player for the New York Giants, I think, probably around late day two, early day three, if he is still available at that time. Georgia, man, they just represent very well this year in terms of what they're putting into the NFL. Another player I have to mention, wish Dan was here, is Leo Chanel, man. This guy, Bruce Feldman's freak list, he is just an insane person when he is moving forward. The downhill ability is just scary. He had 26 pressures and 10 sacks this year as a redshirt sophomore, and PFF has him listed at 6 foot 2, 261 pounds. A 261 pound linebacker. What the heck is this right now? Are we in the 1980s? That's absolutely bonkers and insane. And when you look at him, he's not getting outpaced. He's not getting outran all that often. This is somebody who was pretty athletically adept. And I think he's going to go to the combine and have a pretty good combine. When you watch his tape, he's very explosive. He is not just some plotter with slow feet. He has pretty quick feet as well, has some range to him. And if I had to pick one player who would mesh really well, with Wink Martindale's scheme, it would probably be this player in terms of some of the linebackers, just because Jim Leonard is a similar type of defensive coordinator in the sense that he brings a lot of exotic pressure, 
and he's looking to just disrupt the quarterback and dictate the terms of the offense and not allow the offense dictate terms towards him. And that is what Wink Martindale wants to do. And I think Leo Chanel could do that very well at the second level of Wink Martindale's defense for the New York Giants. I think Dan would agree. We'll ask him whenever he gets back. This dude, man, he had 63 stops. That ranked in the top five of all the FBS. He was just insane moving forward and had very quick diagnosing ability from a mental perspective. Chanel, he's a very, very interesting person and he's 260 pounds. If he could test close to even some of these 220 pounders I'm about to go over, that would just be excellent for him. And let's dive into some of those players. First, I want to start out with Brian Azamoa from Oklahoma. This is somebody who is really, really explosive. I remember this play when I was watching some of him, this play against Kansas where he was executing a green dog type of blitz. A green dog blitz is when you're moving forward, but you're really looking at the running back. Your assignment is the running back. If the running back stays in for protection, you're going to go on the blitz. If the running back leaks out into a route, then you're going to execute your assignment on that running back. So he was doing that and he exploded downhill and he saw the running back act like he's going to leak out. So he just stops on a dime, just stopped his rush just to account for that running back. And then he saw the running back go into protection and go after somebody else. So this dude just went zero to a hundred and exploded around the edge to sack the quarterback. It was just insane closing burst. Absolutely ridiculous. And I also love the play to the boundary against Florida on fourth and goal where Azamoa read the running back wheel and he avoided the slant, which was just sent in that direction to pick Azamoa. He worked over the top of that traffic to close with and annihilate the running back right as he caught the ball to force a turnover on downs. That type of processing and short area quickness and pop on contact and the physicality that he brings in a 220 pound frame is something that you have to respect. And I really did respect that about him. He's only six foot, he's 222 pounds, has an 80 inch wingspan, so he's not the biggest guy, but he actually has some pop to him. Now, will he be able to stack and shed interior offensive linemen at the NFL level? That could be something that poses a problem. But in terms of a player who is lightning fast, who can drop into coverage, and who can do so many different things for your defense as a blitzer, I think he can make a pretty darn good impact for a lot of defenses. He has a ton of experience in coverage, which is something that I know the Giants are going to be looking at for their second level. So he's another name to watch. I think Malcolm Rodriguez out of Oklahoma State, another smaller type of linebacker. He was third in the FBS in stops, which is a PFF stat that determines a negative play. He had 66 of them. So that's a lot of stops. Somebody who had 26 pressures flew around the field. He made so many plays near the line of scrimmage. Quick diagnoser. I think he's somebody who's probably going to have a really good 10-yard split. I don't know what his 40-yard dash will be, but number 20, he was just everywhere for the Cowboys defense. JoJo Doman is classified as a linebacker, was much more of a nickelback, an overhang defender for Nebraska's defense, went down to the Senior Bowl, showed up at 6 foot, 226 pounds. A little bit of a tweener, but I don't really think that's a slight anymore just because the second-level defender has become somebody who has to wear a lot of different hats, and as long as he can hold up as a run defender, then... He's good in my book. There was this play against Minnesota on their goal line, so it wasn't like they were about to score, where he blew up his own replay as the read defender. The running back came out of the mesh point and attempted to kind of kick him out, and Doman just got underneath his pads and showed excellent lower body flexion to bend around and then nail the quarterback 
for a stop on the play. He's one of those defenders who's just going to make a lot of sure tackles and who's going to be fundamentally sound. And I think he's going to test solidly at the combine. And then there's a Kobe McLean out of Auburn. McLean, he just looks like he's going for blood on every single hit. Flies around the field like an absolute maniac. Had 95 tackles, 8 for a loss, 2 sacks, 11 pressures, 6 pass deflections, 51 stops in 2021. He's a bit uncontrolled at times from what I saw. He would fly in there and miss tackles. But if you're looking for somebody who is going to be an enforcer, who is going to look to dominate... Look no further than Zacoby McLean, specifically for somebody who is a little bit undersized because he is undersized. This is a group of undersized defenders here. He should test really well at the combine as well. Also want to just touch on Christian Harris and Darian Beavers because they're realistic options for the New York Giants as well. Now, Christian Harris, he's wild as a tackler. He misses a lot of tackles and their tackles sometimes where you're like, how the heck did you miss that? But he also makes a lot of good plays at the line of scrimmage, can scrape over the top, typically puts himself in good position to make tackles. And I think he's going to be a good athlete down there or up there in Indianapolis. Christian Harris, that is from Alabama. And then Darian Beavers, I haven't gotten around to Cincinnati's defensive film yet but I liked what I saw from Darian Beavers at the senior bowl in coverage he made a lot of nice plays on the football used really good timing wasn't really hitting the guy too early it seemed like he had good spatial awareness about him and he has the good size I mean he showed up to the senior bowl at six foot four 252 pounds I don't think he's gonna test through the roof he probably won't be one of the more high testing linebackers but if he is that's really interesting and even if he's not I think he's somebody who can be a good addition to the Giants defense the Giants need linebackers they need to address a linebacker position I would like for it to be somebody who is athletic I think they're going to be looking for people who are athletic who can drop into coverage and who are really good blitzers with good pursuit and they understand how to take angles and know how to be deceptive and use timing and there are a lot of guys that we just went over that kind of fit that bill some of them are undersized yes but those undersized ones are going to be incredibly athletic and we'll see that at the combine okay we went over some of the edge linebackers the Jermaine Johnson Boye Mafe Drake Jacksons of the world so let's transition to the defensive backs and we have to start with the big three cornerbacks all who are more than likely options for the Giants in the top 10 and that is Cincinnati's Ahmed Sauce Gardner Clemson's Andrew Booth Jr. and then LSU's Derek Stingley Jr. I want to start with Stingley because back in 2019 You watch this kid's tape. He was a true freshman that walked onto LSU's national championship team and was one of the best defensive backs in the nation. And his tape was silly in 2019. I remember when they played Texas, how much he was just frustrating Colin Johnson throughout that game. It was Stingley's second career game. There was one rep where Johnson beat him with an outside release and Stingley just effortlessly flipped his hips and then squeezed Johnson off the red line to the sideline. Johnson tried to create more space by committing an obvious OPI that wasn't called. He pushed off, but Stingley just recovered so quickly and played through the catch point, disrupting the catch. There was another play in that game on Colin Johnson where he knocked away a back shoulder throw. And then you could just look at some of the other plays he made that season. I remember the interception over Auburn wide receiver Seth Williams. Stingley jumped over the six foot three wide receiver and just plucked the ball out of the air near the goal line. I mean, this 
is a rare type of athlete. And I'm not sure if he's going to test because of the Liz Frank, which is my biggest reservation in terms of Derek Stingley Jr. If he does test, he's going to be in the 95th percentile with most of these tests, the lower body explosiveness, the 40, everything. So I, I understand the reservations with him. I mean, you have the foot injury. That has to be okayed. And we know Liz Frank injuries, they tend to linger. So that's something that you have to pay attention to. You can't just overlook that, especially when you have these other cornerbacks who are really good on the board, Andrew Booth Jr. and Sauce Gardner. And Sauce Gardner, he comes from a press man type of system. He did it so often at Cincinnati. Very, very fluid. I think his technique in press, it's good, but he probably could do a little bit better with his footwork. And I haven't studied his tape. This is just going off of certain clips that I've seen. So I'll give him more extensive evaluation on Sauce Gardner soon whenever I get to Cincinnati's tape. I'm excited for that because I do believe Sauce could be a realistic option for the Giants. And then Andrew Booth Jr. I just recently watched a game where Clemson was playing against Georgia's offense. And I saw Andrew Booth Jr. make so many plays near the line of scrimmage, just incredibly aggressive. I only had the end zone copy, unfortunately, but he was still making these plays near the line of scrimmage. He's physical, long, fluid, and has all the coverage skills. So I think Booth, Gardner, and Stingley have the chance to be Giants in the right situation. Lesser known players that are more than likely going to test through that Indianapolis roof that we keep bringing up are Kyler Gordon out of Washington, Tariq Wollin out of UTSA, and Roger McCreary out of Auburn. I'll start with McCreary. McCreary was one of the first cornerbacks I evaluated going into this draft process, and he was so fluid and so darn good, and he was being talked about as a first-round pick, but behind the big three that we just mentioned, and you can see why when you turn on his tape, man. This guy's excellent in man coverage. Auburn ran so much man coverage, and he's covering the SEC wide receivers, so he has to cover the wide receivers from Alabama, LSU, all of these schools. And when you watched him against Jamison Williams, he was doing a really good job. He was carrying him vertically. He wasn't getting beat by that deep speed. And he just watch him flip his hips. He's typically very balanced. There was one play I saw where Jamison Williams kind of got him on an outside release. And Roger McCreary's feet were kind of shifting inside and the transition wasn't that smooth. But that is few and far between with Roger McCreary. I really think this kid could have been a first round pick if he didn't show up to the combine with shorter arms than Darnay Holmes. Like he's in the first percentile of arm length for cornerbacks. That's going to mean something. 29 and one fourth inch arms, that is incredibly short and it's going to hurt him. But if he continues to slide down boards because of that, he would be a good fit in Wink Martindale's system who liked to run a lot of press man. He doesn't have the arm length for the press man like you would like, but he's pretty disciplined at the line of scrimmage. I think he's a very interesting name and he should test well. You also have Tariq Wollin. He went down to the Senior Bowl, has great size. This guy's a true six foot three, 205 pounds, 33 and a half inch arms. That is long. People are going to love this kid. And when you watched him at the Senior Bowl and you saw his ability to press and ride and mirror and how disciplined he was with his feet and how his feet and his hands worked in unison, it wasn't like he was just punching forward with his hands and not bringing his feet. It gave me intrigue. And then I saw him cover this dig route at the Senior Bowl as well. And he did it really well. He flipped his hips and he closed width and he forced a PBU. And he can also carry routes vertically. I think he was one of the fastest timed players down there in Mobile, according to Jim Nagy, I believe, in the GPS tracking. With that size and that athletic capability, he shows up to the combine and he runs in the four threes. This guy could be a first round pick, one of those surprise first round picks in the back end of the draft, which is insane because before showing up to the senior bowl, he was a day three pick, good size, 
but is he the athlete that can play in the NFL? That was the question. It seemed like he was down at the Senior Bowl. Let's see how he tests at the Combine. But that size and the ability at the line of scrimmage was more than evident. Then Kyler Gordon, this guy's just going to test very well at the Combine. Gordon was somebody who played across from Trent McDuffie for Washington. They run a lot of zone, but if you watch Gordon's tape, you could see the athletic traits that can translate to being a man coverage cornerback. It's not like they didn't run man in the reps that I've seen from Washington, and I haven't evaluated the film extensively from what I've seen from Kyler Gordon. The athletic ability is just incredibly apparent when you watch his film. He only allowed 21 catches on 41 targets in 2021. That's a 51.2% catch rate. He had no touchdowns against him. He had six PBUs, two interceptions, six foot, 200 pounds, should test really well. Other names that I want to kind of bring up for the cornerback position is I'm curious to see how Florida's Kair Elam tests. You watch him, he's similar to Roger McCreary in the sense that he seems to be draped all over guys a lot of the time. Very good through the catch point, plays through it, gets his hand in front of receivers, disrupts the receivers as they attempt to catch it, usually knocks it away. I'm just curious to see what his deep speed is. And I think that's something we're going to learn if he runs the 40-yard dash. I know 40-yard dashes are very, very overhyped, but if there's any position that it matters, it would be the cornerback position. I mean, we've seen players fall because they've run slow 40-yard dashes before in the past. Like Tease Tabor in 2017 was a first-round pick. Everyone thought he was a first-round pick. He showed up at the combine and ran a 4.62 and then a 4.75, I believe it was, at his pro day. And his stock plummeted. He ended up going in the second round. And you can even also look at Xavier McKinney. He ran a 4.63, slipped out of the first round. And I think the Giants benefited from that. But these 40-yard dashes do matter. And Elam, I feel like he has the coverage skills to hold up. And I don't think a lot of people are discussing him. If he shows up to the combine and has a really good combine, I think he could be talked about as a back-end round one option in terms of these secondary pieces, especially with players like Roger McCreary having these short arms. NFL teams are, he's just going to be removed from boards because of that. Penn State's Tariq Castro-Fields might test well down at the Combine. I didn't love the tape that I saw from Tariq Castro-Fields, but I wanted to bring him up because he was a track star at Riverdale Baptist in Maryland, the school where Christian Derisaw and Zach McPherson attended. So they're just putting NFL talent out there. He's probably going to be a day three pick. And then another name is Cam Taylor Britt. Now, this is a cornerback from Nebraska, but a lot of people think he might be more suited to playing safety because there's questions about his long speed. So that could be answered with a really good 40-yard dash. But Cam Taylor Britt showed up to the Reese's Senior Bowl, and he wasn't as big as he was listed on Nebraska's website. He was only 5'10". I think he was listed at like 6'1 or 6'2". But he's 200 pounds. But when you watch this kid's film, you're talking about a physical dominating type of presence. Somebody who was going to come downhill and run through your face. Seemed to have longer arms than 31 and 3 fourths, but that's still pretty good length. Typically the cutoff or like a desired arm length is 32. So he is right in that same ballpark. There was this one play, and I brought it up on the podcast before, at the Senior Bowl, where one of these poor wide receivers did not watch Cam Taylor Britt tape at Nebraska, and he tries to stalk block him. So essentially, he just comes off the line of scrimmage, tries to cut off the angle to the outside, and then go and block him. And Cam Taylor Britt came downhill and just absolutely annihilated this poor wide receiver. And that's Cam Taylor Britt right there. He's going to run through people. He's wildly physical, and I think he can make that transition to safety. And I think it makes sense for the New York Giants in terms of Cam Taylor Britt and possibly going to safety because if you look at what Wink Martindale did last year with a, a similar type of player in Brandon Stevens coming out of SMU. Now, he was a little bit different. Cam Taylor Britt might even be a little bit more physical, to be honest. 
but Stevens was a pretty good option in the third round of the draft, and they selected him. He was a cornerback. They transitioned him to safety, similar to what the Giants did with Julian Love, and he was a pretty big role player for Wink Martindale's system. Wink Martindale likes to use three safeties. He likes to bring safeties down into the box. He likes those physical type of safeties who can blitz and can execute a bunch of different assignments. And I think Cam Taylor-Britt fits that role. So if he actually does have a slower type of 40, we're talking about like the four fives, later four fives, teams are going to be turned off by that in terms of his ability to play cornerback outside. But they might look at him as a safety. And I think he could be a safety in day three if he does test a little bit slower for the Giants to consider making that transition. He could become Wink Martindale's Brendan Stevens for this year with the New York Giants. One more name to mention is Joshua Williams at a Fayetteville State. It's a D2 school. Went down to the Senior Bowl. Thought he had a bunch of nice reps in the one-on-ones. Was more disciplined than I expected. Six foot two, 193 pounds. Wanted to give him a shout out. Let's transition to the safeties. Look, Kyle Hamilton is silly. Absolutely silly. This guy is going to come in at six foot four, 220-ish pounds with just rare movement skills, true unicorn type of stuff. He has incredible range. He can come downhill and be an excellent alley defender. He is somebody that can change defenses and just give defensive coordinators so much freedom. He's going to have a great combine. Other winners that I feel like are going to come away from this is Dax Hill, Daxton Hill, Michigan. Look, this guy is going to have a great combine because he is such a good athlete. And Michigan used him in so many different ways. He was the overhang defender. He was so good at just blowing up screens near the line of scrimmage. I thought Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, who's also going to have a really good combine, did the same thing. They're similar type of players. I think Hill might be a little bit more athletic, but <laughs> saying that's wild because Jaquan Brisker is an incredible athlete in his own right. What I have written down about Brisker and his tape is Jaquan Brisker is a potential first-round talent who excels with physicality, run support, and has plenty of competent experience playing deep zones. He's very versatile and was used in a variety of ways. He has the athletic capabilities and range to execute any role at the NFL level. His technique and man coverage could improve, and he does become a bit overly aggressive at times coming down from depth. However, I appreciate his ability to hit his processing while executing multiple roles and the control he plays with in space. Safety hasn't been selected in the first round since Darnell Savage in 2019 by the Packers. That will change with Notre Dame's Kyle Hamilton this year, who is akin to Isaiah Simmons, linebacker safety hybrid, although I believe, and this is me deviating from the evaluation. I believe Kyle Hamilton is is a far more complete player than Isaiah Simmons was. But ultimately, I think Brisker will land in the second round, but he will be a good NFL contributor early on in his career. And as for Dax Hill, I think he has the potential to go in round one, and I think he's going to have a really, really good combine. When you watch this kid in space, it's effortless, his overall athletic ability, how he can flip his hips, how he can close with the short area quickness, how he just blows things up at the line of scrimmage, like I was saying before. I really like both Dax Hill and Jaquan Brisker. If there was no Kyle Hamilton in this draft, these two guys would be talked about a lot. Brisker is a little bit more safety, at least that's how he was used at Penn State in terms of being that last line of defense, whereas Hill was a little bit more of a a nickel defender, a slot defender, similar to a Jalen Petrie. But I believe Daxton Hill out of Michigan could do so many different things, and he is versatile enough to just absolutely adore himself to defensive coordinators. Other players at this position that I feel like I have to mention, Nick Cross out of Maryland is an interesting player. He has good size. He's about six foot one, 210 pounds. He was a four-star recruit coming out of Hayettesville, Maryland. And I wrote about him. He is an interesting blend of size, speed, and hitting power. He's an absolute heat-seeking missile when he reads everything well from pre to post snap. There's some growth potential with him trusting what he sees, and he can be a more efficient tackler. He had double-digit miss tackle rates in all three seasons, but his versatile nature, ability to fill with intimidation and run support, and his excellent athletic ability make him a high upside player who at worst can be a core special team 
contributor for an NFL team. I think he's going to be a day two pick, probably around the third round, but he has that good size, and again, I just need him to be a little bit more balanced and controlled as a tackler. Should have a really good combine. See, safeties, I mean, a lot of these defensive backs are going to have good combines, but a lot of these safeties who are being discussed, you know, day two, possibly in the back end of day one, they're all versatile. They can do a lot of different things, and that's what you need in the modern NFL. You can't just have players who can't fill the run who can't tackle, who can only cover, or can only tackle and can't cover. You need players who can do both things, or at least have the temperament and demeanor to do both things. Other players I want to talk about, Jalen Petrie, I mentioned him a little bit before. I want to see how him and George's Lewis sign are going to test. Petrie is from Baylor. Petrie played overhang a bunch in Dave Aranda's defense. He was blitzed quite often. I think he is an interesting player who offers defenses a lot of flexibility because just like Dax Hill, he can do so many different things, or at least he has the capability to do so many different things. I brought up Lewis Sign, one of the best alley defenders in this draft coming downhill out of the University of Georgia. I'm just curious to see how he's going to test. I don't know if he's going to run the fastest 40, but maybe he can prove me wrong with that. And then there's also Jalen Petrie's teammate, JT Woods, six foot two, 188 pounds. He's more of a day three guy. He's not all that physical, but He was a playmaking machine for Baylor, had six interceptions, ended up having the game-sealing interception at the Senior Bowl, was tracked at one of the fastest GPS speeds, according to Jim Nagy, at the Senior Bowl, along with Tariq Wollin. I'm interested to see what he runs. He ran a 10-6, 400-meter dash back in high school. Again, day three guy, I think he's interesting, wish he was a little bit more physical, you know, 6'2", 188 pounds, pretty lean, but definitely somebody who knows how to get his hands on a football. I mean, you don't come away with six interceptions in a college football season if you don't know what you're doing on the back end. That's just not pure luck. But that's basically the defensive back group. This is the defense. I am Nick Filato. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Big Blue Banter. Dan and I are going to be back shortly with those draft profile breakdowns. Please head on over to NY Big Blue Banter. That's on Instagram. We have a lot more activity happening with our Instagram page. And please like, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review. It's good for the podcast algorithms for iTunes. And also just have a lovely day, everybody. Just be safe and let's watch this combine and enjoy the offseason. Giants have two top 10 picks. They're changing the philosophy of their team. This is greener pastures, hopefully, because it can't get much worse than what we've seen over the last decade. Everybody, Nick Falato for Big Blue Banta signing off. Be well. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.